Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. People attack you. Maybe you do feel persecuted or somebody's coming against you or whatever. You know what? Let the Lord fight your battles. Let the Lord fight your battles. He does better than you anyways. I'm sorry to maybe hurt your feelings, but he's going to do a better job than what I could ever do. He will do a greater job. Let the Lord be your defense. Let the Lord be your defense. He's a just God. And when he comes back, and we believe, literally, he will come back and rescue his church, all this will be set straight. While you might not experience persecution the way that your brothers and sisters in Christ do in other countries, the persecution that you face is no less real. And today, Pastor James will share with you how to handle the persecution of this sinful world. When you were a kid, who made sure that you were safe? Your parents. And because your Heavenly Father is a good Father, He'll always work out the things in your life for good. Things might not be easy, but the Lord is always with you. Now here's Pastor James in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. said, no, you come to me, you follow me. The world will hate you, but don't worry. I've overcome the world. I got it. I got it. And I got you. And the Lord says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So whatever storm you walk through, you're never walking through it alone. Never. Physically, Paul's writing this letter. Everyone has abandoned him. (laughs) He's in a dungeon writing this letter in his dying days. And everybody, for the most part, has bailed on this guy except for Jesus, except for the Lord. You need to know that. Difficulties will happen in your life. Storms will come. Storms will happen. I promise you that. I promise you that. Storms will happen. But you will never be alone. You will never be alone. Even if everyone else leaves you, the best person to have ever existed, Jesus Christ, said, I got you. I got your back. I'll walk through that storm with you. In fact, if you want me to carry you through it, I'll carry you through this thing. But I'll be with you. We need to know that. We need to embrace that. And that's a difficult, that's a truth that's very difficult to to sometimes rationalize within our brains. Because, yeah, if you're physically here, tangibly, and I can see you and all that stuff, then okay, sweet. But Jesus, I can't see you. I can't see you. And I can see my problem I can feel this storm, and it's sometimes hard for us to, you know, rationalize this, but the Lord says, listen, you just got to trust me that I am with you. I am with you. So there's a promise. You can write that down um, and get that tattooed on your body. There you go, right? Like, hey, what's that verse say? Oh, all who want to live a godly life will be persecuted. You'd be like, you're crazy. And you're like, yeah, I know. I know. Um, but that's, that was, that's, that's coming from somebody who loves somebody else. That's Paul who loves Timothy and is like, listen, I'm going to shoot straight with you. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. I'd rather have somebody telling me that than lying to me, saying, it'll be easy. It's going to be cool. 
You can have like a million followers on Instagram, Timothy. It's going to be amazing. You have sponsorship deals, conferences. People are going to be calling you from all over the world, wanting you to come and speak at their stuff. No. No, Timothy, if you're really, not that some of those guys aren't about Jesus, but Paul's laying it out for Timothy. He's like, no, this is the reality. This is what it's like. This is what it's like. I would, yeah, this is, this is what you signed up for. Whether you're in the ministry, it's like a paid position, or you're just serving the Lord, here's what you signed up for. Now, don't bail on it because of that. Don't be afraid of that. This will make you stronger. This will make you stronger. So he goes on, everyone who wants to live a goodly, or godly life, Christ will suffer persecution. But, verse 13, evil people and imposters will flourish. Doesn't seem right. I'm the one who's trying to do good, and in my doing good, I get persecuted. The stones are thrown at me. However, these other guys who are all about themselves, this is kind of going back to the first uh, half of this chapter, they are totally about themselves. They are posers. They are absolute fakes. Everything works out for them. Everything works out. Isn't that frustrating if we're honest, okay? You're in church. You can be honest. You should be honest, right? Not like God's going to strike you with lightning, but like, seriously, it is sometimes mind-numbingly frustrating when you look and it's like, how is the, how does everything just fall into place for so-and-so? And they're the worst person in the world. You know you're in good company when you're asking that question because David was asking that question in the Psalms. He's like, Lord, I don't get it. Like, they're, these are horrible, wicked people. Why is the rain falling on them too? Well, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. It doesn't matter. What you need to be, uh, you know, certain of is, number one, are you focused on Jesus? Are you running your race? Are you fulfilling your purpose that he's called you to? You can't be distracted by what's going on in, on this side of the, you know, you should be aware of some of this stuff, but you shouldn't be distracted by it, nor should you be envious of maybe somebody's prospering. These evil people and imposters will go from, they're going from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceiving. Um, and in a sense, it's like in New Living Translation here uh, clarifies, it's like they're, they're like ministry in one sense is just growing and growing and growing. And you're like, no, no, bad. And everybody's like, no, but we like what they have to say. Well, what are they saying? Well, I don't know. I don't know. It's very passionate. Oh, passion. Okay. Very worked up. They seem to be really into it. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, I don't, I'm not, I don't want the song and dance. Just give me the word. Like, I'm not, I'm not looking for the show, right? Give me the word. So, but these guys are like evil people. These imposters going from bad to worse. They just, it's, it's a slippery slope and they're smooth sailing, so to speak, just down the slope, but deceiving, they're, they're deceiving others. They themselves are deceived. It says they're flourishing. They will, they will deceive others and they themselves will be deceived. So kind of blind, the blind leading the blind. Like that's never a good thing. We know that, right? Like that's, and Jesus used that illustration in the gospels. It's like that eventually there's a ditch that's going to happen. And if you're blind leading other blind people, you're all going to end up in the ditch. I mean, it's, it's just catastrophe is, is, is just right there. 
that's kind of what's happening within, within the world where they're living and, and within the religion, you know, these are, again, some religious leaders, quote unquote, um, and Paul's just giving Timothy the heads up of like, listen, um, Timothy, here's what, here's what you can expect. Is it right? No. Is it fair? No, I guess not. Well, what are we going to do about it? Nothing. Nothing. Well, shouldn't we do something about it? No. It's not your fight. It's not our fight. The Lord, it's the Lord's. Let the Lord take care of it. Let the Lord take care of it. That's just good wisdom concerning this stuff, but that's just good wisdom within our lives. People attack you. Maybe you do feel persecuted or somebody's coming against you or whatever. You know what? Let the Lord fight your battles. Let the Lord fight your battles. He does better than you anyways. I'm sorry to maybe hurt your feelings, but he's going to do a better job than what I could ever do. He will do a greater job. Let the Lord be your defense. Let the Lord be your defense. He's a just God. And when he comes back, and we believe, literally, he will come back and rescue his church, all this will be set straight. Will be set straight. So you don't get distracted by this stuff. And Paul, as Paul would say to Timothy, he's like, stay focused. Run your race. Run your race. Do what God has called you to do. Don't get distracted, because there are plenty of distractions in this world. Stay focused. Uh, he goes on to say, uh, you must remain faithful to the things you've been taught. Stay focused, right? I was already kind of going into that. You got to remain faithful to the things you've been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the holy scriptures or the sacred, uh, sacred writings, as uh, ESV is going to translate it, probably New King James does too. Um, you've been taught these holy scriptures from childhood, and they've given you wisdom to receive salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. And now these holy, these sacred writings Paul's referring to is primarily, it's the Old Testament. And Paul's like, listen, you were taught the Bible as a kid. Your grandmother and your mom taught you the Bible. And they showed you from the scriptures, they were all pointing to this guy, Jesus, that you surrendered your life to. Timothy, you know that the word is true. You stick to the word of God, period. That's it. There's going to be all the distractions, and you're going to see the other guys. You're going to see them thriving and you know, flourishing within their ministry and all that stuff. No, Timothy, you've been taught the word of God. You better stick to the word of God, period. That's it. That's it. That's a good mark of a church, of a good, healthy church. If you're, if you're a part of, be a part of a church that is going to preach the word of God. Again, you don't want my ideas and my philosophies and all that stuff. You can talk to my kids. I'm weird, okay? I'm a, I'm a junior higher at heart. Like, that's what's happening inside of this, this body, this 40-year-old body. Inside lives this junior high kid who's never grown up, and I don't want to. And I have fun with my kids. We make up songs and we make up stories and all that stuff. If I were to stand on stage doing that, you, it wouldn't be doing you any good. You might laugh. You, might, you definitely would think I'm weird, that's for sure. You don't want that. You don't need that. What do you, you need the word of God. You need the word of God. So that's a good mark. That's a healthy mark of a, a, a mark of a healthy church is one that just opens the word of God. And I don't care if they teach it topically. I don't care if they teach it verse by verse. That doesn't matter that much to me. Tell me that you're opening up the word of God and tell me you're teaching from it. That's all I care about. That's all I care about, right? Like that's, that should be, this thing should be 
the main thing, and that we're talking about Jesus. We're talking about Jesus all the time, all the time. Because what we do today and why we're here today, it's Jesus. It's for him. It's because of him. And it's all for him. Stay faithful, remain faithful, remain committed to the things you have been taught. So if you have family members, if you've had that person in your life who's invested into you and they've, they've taught you the word of God, listen, remember them, be thankful for them, but don't you depart from those things. Don't depart from those things. And as you're growing up and, you know, maybe coming up to next steps and what's next for, uh, for me and... You know, maybe it's life transitions of like school to like maybe work or to college or whatever it may be. At at every transition that life throws you, you should make a a recommitment to the things that you have been taught from the Word of God. All right, I'm going to hold fast to these truths because I know that I'm going to need them during this next season of my life, whatever that may be. So for Paul, he's telling Timothy, like, listen, dude, you... You, and he started off this letter with like, hey, remember your grandma and your mom, they taught you the word of God. And then you had me and you watched me live my life and how I taught you the word of God. Timothy, just keep doing that thing. Just keep teaching the word. He'll say that more specifically in chapter four. Remain faithful. You and I remain faithful to, remain faithful to the Lord for sure. Remain faithful to his word. Um, there's going to be plenty of temptations for you to be distracted from this thing, but just make this the, the main thing, okay? You've been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood. They uh, are giving you wisdom to receive salvation that comes from trusting in Christ by Jesus or in Christ Jesus. Just so you're aware, um, salvation comes through faith in Christ Jesus. It's not by works. It's not your performance. You'll never be good enough. You'll never do enough good stuff. You can't. Salvation is simply just a surrender to Jesus saying, what you said you did, I believe, and I surrender my life to you. You said you died on the cross for my sins because you say I'm a sinner. We all know that. Listen, if you don't know you're a sinner, just ask somebody really close to you, and they will, they will burst your bubble for you and say, yeah, you're a sinner. Yeah, I didn't know. You didn't know that. No. Um, yeah, well, now you do. Um, yeah, so he says, and his word is clear on that, we're all sinners and we all need him. And that's what salvation is. It's just coming to that point where it's like, I'm a sinner. Jesus, I need you. And I receive that for you to salvation. I receive that. Whether you pray a Romans road prayer or not, it's just a simple surrender to Jesus saying, listen, I want you in my life. Where, where you tell me to go, listen, I'm just going to follow you. I'm going to follow you. Lord, I, I believe. I believe. It's not the work stuff. It's, it's just not the work stuff. It's not that. You can't, you can't do it. You can't earn it. There's just no way. Verse 16. All Scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong, and it teaches us to do what is right. I love that. All Scripture is, I, I just totally appreciate ESV here. It's breathed out by God breathe out. How do I know I can trust that these guys actually wrote down what he told them to write down, and they didn't manipulate it? It's a question that's always out there, and that's a fair question to ask. That's a really good question to ask, right? You should always do your homework on this thing. They're still digging up text. They're finding text over in, over in Israel that thousands of years, they date back thousands of years, and they are absolutely 
accurate. I mean, absolutely, it is amazing. If you've never been over there, I would encourage you, go to Israel. I've been there several times. And I've sat in the places where some of the scribes would sit down, and when they would, they would you know, write this thing, I mean, they're changing their pen out every, after every time they write the name, and they can't even write out the name of God. But they're, they're throwing that pen away and starting with a new one because it's so holy to them. It is so holy to them. People who are that devoted to making sure that this thing is recorded and accurate, let me tell you, they're not messing with it. They're not going to mess with it. These, these guys that, that God used as he inspired them, like the Apostle Paul, like, like John and, and Peter, and then even got like the prophets like uh, Ezekiel and I, uh, Isaiah and Jeremiah and King David and Moses and all these guys who God used to pen this letter, he inspired them and they were totally committed to him. They weren't looking to like enforce some sort of agenda. And you know that if you read it from cover to cover. Because there's a singularity from beginning to end. It all, it all goes together. And all of it, all of it points to Jesus, not to themselves. Never to themselves. Never, it's never about them. Ultimately, when you, when you read the whole thing, you will find that it, from author to author and from individual to individual, whoever was used, from letter to letter, it is all pointing to Jesus. It's all pointing to Jesus. Can you trust this thing? You absolutely can. I promise you that. All scripture is breathed out by God. And it's what? It's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and training in righteousness. Or how the, ES, or the New Living Translation says it, it's to teach us what is, what is right, what is true. You have confusion about what is true? Well, go to the word. Go to the word. To make us realize what is wrong in our lives. That's the, the reproof. We all need that. The, the Bible is going to stand as like a mirror and it's going to expose the things that are happening with inside of you and things that you need to address and things that you need to work on, you need to fix. That's what the Word of God's going to do for you. It corrects us when we are wrong. Surprise, surprise. Um, at times, we are all wrong, okay? There might even be times where you hold fast to some sort of like theological idea or something and then... The more you investigate, the more you do your research and study on it, you're like, oh, I don't know if I believe that just like somebody told me to completely, right? Because sometimes our beliefs are formed and fashioned by other people. And other people may always have different agendas and all that stuff. And that's why I would always encourage you to be in the Word for yourself. Read the Word. Know, you need to know what it says. You need to know what it says. You need to know what you believe not what so-and-so believes, but what you believe, right? And you need to hold fast to these core theological truths and have a, somewhat of an understanding of why they're there. Will you fully understand everything? Not at all. No, none of us will. None of us will. But you can't always take somebody's word for it, right? I think we understand that. Not that people are all bad or anything like that, but sometimes, you know, men and women will... And they'll, they'll make a stand and, and they'll die on that hill to like, no, this is what is true. This is what we believe. And then you're like, well, that's not even all that the Bible talks about. Like, that's, that's not even, a, that's an open-handed issue. That's an open-handed issue. Like, really, we're dying for that? No, no, I don't want to, no, I, I want to be set on firm, you know, core theological truths, but you got to know, 
But you're only going to know is if, if you're in the Word and you're trusting that the Word is it's breathed out by God. It's inspired by God. It is profitable for teaching. It is good for reproof. It's good for correction in all of us. And it's going to teach us, it's going to train us in righteousness or, or teach us um, to do what is right. This is the Word. The Word of God is so good. It's just so good. Verse 17, God's going to use His Word to prepare and equip, equip his people to do every good work. So he, Paul just kind of brings it all back. He's going to, and he'll, he'll jump into chapter four where he's like, listen, Timothy, you just preach the word. Preach the word. What do they need? The word. Give them the word. That's it. Just give them the word. But for us as individuals, we need this. And in, in studying this thing and digging into this thing and becoming very familiar with this book, making this book a priority within our lives, God will use that as an equipping for you as he has called you again here for a reason to do a specific thing. This is all like preparatory for you to be used by God. I don't feel like I'm being used by God. Well, how much time are you spending in his word? Not that much. Okay. Start there. Start there. Now, don't approach it that way of like, okay, I want to be used greatly by God, so I'm going to read my Bible. No, no, no. Listen, read your Bible because you want to fall more in love with him. And in doing that, do not be surprised when he throws opportunities at you saying, okay, hey, handle this. Do that. Talk to so-and-so. Go do this thing. He will use you. Absolutely, he will use you. But you, you need this, work first and form, uh, this word, first and foremost, to do a work inside you, to do something inside of you, and then it can be used through you, right? So Paul's just laying this all out for Timothy. Um, all this is, if you don't know 2 Timothy, this is all like, it's all connected. We, we went over this before, but a few chapters ago, in, that, in a great house, there's many vessels. There's some for honor, some for dishonor. There's clay, and then there's some uh, gold. Well, which one are you? You keep digging into the Word of God, and listen, you make yourself a vessel that is ready to be used by God. Keep, just get into His Word, and not, not out of obligation, but just do it because, man, I just love this thing. I love the one who it's all about, and I love reading this. I, I love reading His Word, and some parts more than others, you know, maybe. Um, maybe numbers isn't your thing, right? Maybe Leviticus, you're like, dude. Really? Come on. Does it, do I need to? Yes, just read through it. It's all about holiness, okay? But I understand. You might be more of like, I'm a revel. Everybody seems to be a revelation person, right? And they're like, I'm a revelation. Listen, whatever. But just continue to fall more in love with the Word of God. Continue to spend time with Him in His Word and praying and fasting and, and doing all the stuff just so you can grow closer to Him. And then don't be surprised when He just wants to use you. Because that's what he'll do. That's what he'll do, right? So that's from Paul to Timothy and from really essentially from the Lord to all of us today is you stay focused on Jesus. You run your race that he has called you to run. Um, man, and just keep falling in love with him. Just keep, if you think you made it, I'm going to tell you right now, you haven't. You haven't. You haven't. You're just starting. You're just starting. So keep pressing in it, man, just more time with Jesus, and it just, it can be the sweetest thing in the world.
We're so glad that you tuned in today to learn from God's Word on Bread for the Broken. Pastor James has shared much from 2 Timothy, and there are good things that you can take with you, even all these years after the book was written. If you'd like to explore more teachings from this study or other books of the Bible, you can do so at our website, breadforthebroken.com. We would also love to meet you, so if you're in the Galveston area, come join us this Sunday for worship. Calvary Galveston meets at 10 a.m. for a time of praising the Lord. Please come just as you are. We want to meet you. For directions to our church and more information, visit breadforthebroken.com. And if you're not able to come in person, that's okay. We're streaming our weekly services on Facebook Live. Just search for Calvary Galveston. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to ask for your partnership in this ministry. We're grateful to have you as a listener, and we'd love to have this ministry covered in your prayers. We ask that more people would listen and genuinely hear the truth about Jesus. Pray for lives to be changed. Also pray that all of those involved in Bread for the Broken would have open hearts to hearing where God would lead. And if you feel led, we're also grateful for financial support. Visit breadforthebroken.com and go to the About tab to learn more or to connect with us if you have any questions. Our time with you has come to an end today, but join us again next time here on Bread for the Broken.